For the third year and counting, Richard Skipper has been celebrating the artists you love. Richard Skipper is all about celebrating life, art, and his guest body of worth. Please join us while he showcases these diverse and talented individuals. Here's Richard Skipper. Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of Richard Skipper Celebrates. Who or what are you celebrating today? We're celebrating the end of July. We made it. And we're also going to be celebrating the beginning of August and all wonderful things. Some people look at this at the end of the month, the beginning of a new month. It's the time of possibilities. And we look back over what this month held for us. And it held a lot. Let's face it, a lot's been going on in the world. But I always believe that if we hold on to those things that we love to celebrate and that we believe in and that we hold on to, uh, there's a lot to celebrate in this world. And that's what this show is about. And I love doing the Friday wrap-up because the Friday wrap-up gives me a chance to bring some of my favorite people on and to get their perspective on what's working in their lives, what may not be working in their lives, and to celebrate what the week was like for them, what and today especially, what this month was like, what's going on in their lives, what's going on in their careers, and everything. And I see some of my dear friends are here as well. We've got Rose Apuzo. Rose, who is healing, and we're sending healing light all around you, Rose. Doug McAllister, Pam Stubbs. I am thrilled that you're all here. And so, Rose, I'm going to start with you. Like, let's make a deal. I have six incredible, authentic people waiting in the wings. And Rose, you get to pick a number, one through six, and you get to choose who our first guest of the day is. And this is how we're going to start the show. So Rose, as soon as I see that number pop up, we will bring on our first guest and we will talk about this. And she's picked number four. And I am thrilled because this is someone I've been wanting to get on the show for some time and uh, Jerry, I hope you're ready because Jerry, it's all yours. Jerry Jewell is here. Hello, Jerry. I'm here. You're here. You, I mean, you had little technical glitches there when we began the day, but I am thrilled that you're here. Uh, I'm such a fan of yours, and I've wanted to get you on the show for so long. And our friend David Zimmerman, who is also waiting in the wings, uh, he said last week, why not Jerry Jewell? I said, you think she'll do it? And he said, I'll ask her. And here you are. So first of all, I begin every show by asking our guest, who or what are they celebrating? And I'd like to ask you, who or what are you celebrating today? Well, it was such a high and low the week. I mean, this last week has been very difficult and very amazing at the same time. Uh, Norman Lear turned 100, and he is the one who discovered me, who put me on Facts of Life. And he's, he's my surrogate dad in so many ways, and I talk to him all the time. So that was so exciting. And then... At the same time, I lost the kitty, Juliet. And that has been so hard because she, I've had a lot of kitties in my lifetime, but not like her. 
Um, she was my soul sister kitty. She had to be involved in every professional thing. In fact, what's interesting is that I did an interview Saturday afternoon. And in that interview, as usual, and if she were here now, she would be interrupting this whole thing with you. She comes in, she starts meowing, meowing, meowing. And the host said, oh, I see your cat likes like the Norman Lear too. And then, oh, she loves Norman. <laughs> and, then, and then she meowed again. And he did a print ad of the interview. He interviewed all these celebs who have known Norman over the years. And the audio is going to be released on August 1st, and it was Juliet's last hurrah, having to be involved in something I did professionally. <laughs> so she was wishing Norman a happy birthday, too. And she jumped on my bed right after that interview behind me, and she was there for three days until she passed. Wow. That well, was the last thing she did. I am such an animal person, and I have two cats and a dog and fish, uh, and I've been down that road, and I know it's not easy. So my heart goes out to you. Uh, I send you lots of love, and uh, if you need someone to talk to, you pick up the phone and you call me, because uh, it is it is a very difficult time to get through, and uh, and I really appreciate you even coming on the show today in lieu of that happening. So thank you for being here. Well, David held a gun to my head. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite, but David is a very persuasive person. And I, and how lucky are both of us to have David Zimmerman in our lives? Everybody needs a David Zimmerman in their life. Oh, God, yes, absolutely. <laughs> so I want to ask you, before we move on a little bit, Norman Lear, how lucky you are uh, Norman Lear is such a part of all of our lives. I mean, a hundred years that this man is still around, still as strong as ever. Uh, I just read a wonderful article that he wrote for the New York Times about oh, Archie. Yeah, Bunker. I read that. Yes, about Archie Bunker and uh, the man who was previously in the White House. I don't like yeah. to mention his name, uh, but I want to ask you. You said that Norman Lear gave you your first big break in this business. What are some of the life lessons that Norman Lear has taught you that you feel that you will carry through the rest of your life as you move on? You know, he is such a trailblazer in embracing all diversity, no matter what it is. And even though I was raised that way, I Norman Lear solidified it. Once I see that someone has prejudices or discrimination or whatever, I will do my best to try to change their mind. And if not, I move on. And I he cherished the differences in life. You know, I remember when he first met me in 1980, he said, you're really funny, kid but you're way before your time. Hmm. And I said, so wait a couple months. <laughs> <laughs> and he you. was 
so amused by that response that he waited two months before he cast me on Fatso. <laughs> how brilliant you are on that show. I'm not going to say were because the show is still on every day. Uh, and there you are for all of us to enjoy day after day after day. So thank you for those gifts that you've given to the world and that you will continue to give to the world. So thank you for that. Uh, thank you, Richard. Uh, I like to start our shows with a surprise question. Uh, I'm looking uh, at, uh, this is an interesting question. And it is, would you rather win the lottery or live twice as long? An interesting question since we're talking about Norman Lear and his longevity. Would I like to win the lottery or what? Or live twice as long. Oh, definitely win the lottery. <laughs> Norman, Norman, you can have the hundred years, okay? <laughs> so, and then I've got a very interesting question, and it's and it says, refresh your social media feed to escape your echo chamber and increase your mix of viewpoints. Um, I know that you're on social media because I see you there. Uh, do you spend a lot of time on social media? Not as much as I could. Um, I'm not savvy at anything, really. As you can tell with my camera. <laughs> uh, I'm getting used to it. I, I, I'm just not good with it. But I do keep up with Facebook. Um, I do tweet now and then. Uh, Instagram, I haven't got my brain wrapped around it yet, but everybody tells me to do that and to go to TikTok and go. I, there's just so much. I know. And I'm writing um, three books right now. So it's not that I'm sitting here doing nothing. I am writing, and hopefully those will be completed soon. I know one of them. I know. I have to finish one of them very soon because they have the deadline. So. Well, you always have a platform here whenever you're ready. So I'm going to let you pick our next guest. And so you get to pick a number one through five. Three. And that would be my friend, Rini Katz. And you get to meet Rini. Uh, Rini, meet Jerry. Hi, what, what an honor to meet Jerry. Yes, and you're very inspiring to me. Uh, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. So, Rini, I am so thrilled that you're here. We have not seen each other in such a long time because of COVID and the state of the world that we're living in right now. So, and you've got fans that are watching today as well. So you can bring everybody up to date with what you are doing now. You just recently put out a CD in the midst of COVID. Uh, so... What was it like creating a CD uh, in the world of COVID? Because you and I have had many conversations on the phone. And yeah. you, like myself, uh, I'm not giving tales out of school here, but you have had the same fears that I've had. When you've got those fears of going into a studio and doing what you need to do, you obviously have pushed through those fears. Uh, but what kept you going and how do you get around those fears? Um, I really thank God for the ability to do the CD because in a time like COVID, you need to have 
passions that you can continue just like Jerry's working on her book. Um, and the CD, the uh, place, the studio where we did the CD, they had a separate room where I could be. And, you know, the pianist was in a different room and everybody had their room. So that helped. But the fact that I could put down something that I've been working so long on, it brought me such joy and it helped push me through the hardest parts of COVID. And one of the reasons I'm so careful is because we care for my parents who are elderly and both in wheelchairs. So I have to be extra careful. And it's hard because I have my friends who always want me to go to things and, and I really want to be there so very much, but I have to see the bigger picture. And you, I mean, you've taken good care of yourself and thank God, you know, but uh, we'll be seeing each other next Saturday. So yes, that'll uh, be fun. Yes. So we're going to take the time <laughs> to do that. I'm looking forward to it. I'm very much Me looking too. forward to that. Me too. So I'm going to ask you the same question. Uh, would you rather win the lottery or would you rather live twice as long? I don't know. If I could sing and write poetry and see my friends and hug my son and my husband and I would rather live longer than win tons of money for the short term, but I would, I, I would have to be in the frame of mind where I could still create something. Now, I want to also ask you, uh, when it comes to social media, since we you know, brought this up, uh, do you feel that you live in an echo chamber in, uh, when it comes to social media, or do you really step outside of your bubble uh, to find out what's on the other side of your little circle? Well, social media has been good for anyone, I think, in the arts and who's trying to create. It really brings an audience in. It's, it, it, it really is, it, it keeps you in tune with what's going on. I'm grateful to it. I, I see where one can get engulfed in it and, <laughs> and you really should remove yourself. Like I, I finally got to go to Cape Cod, you know, in, in the end of, in the middle of June. And it just removed me from that whole thing. And that was beautiful too. I think you have to have a balance of some sort. Um, but without the social media, you know, it would be hard to be a cabaret performer or a writer or, you know, you, it keeps you, look, look at what we're doing now. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I get to meet Jerry and I get to see you and it's just amazing, really. Well, I mean, especially in today's world, I mean, I can't even imagine going through a pandemic like we're going through without having the luxury of social media. So that's where this has been a major plus with everything. And you get to bring our next guest on, one through four. Ha, mm-hmm. two. And that is David Zimmerman. Uh, <laughs> so I will say this, David and I met through, speaking of social media, we met through the luxury of doing this. David has been on, this is your second time on the Friday wrap-up show? or the Yes. Second? Yes. Uh, but you've been on the show and I've also been on your Meet the Biz show. But David was in New York last month and we got together and have dinner together, which was such a thrill and such a great night. So welcome to the show. Welcome again. Uh, you know Jerry, but uh, I'm glad that you're meeting Reenie Katz. 
Hello. Hi, David. So, <laughs> uh, Hi, Terry. So, David, you can tell everybody what you're working on right now. Oh, my mind. <laughs> Work on mine, please. Um, I'm just grasping the world at this moment with so many things going on, positive and, uh, you know, crazy and trying to bring it all together. You know, finally finishing and wrapping up in the next year, the documentary that we've been working on, um, still doing the meet the biz, um, uh, interviews. Uh, I'm going to Albuquerque next week to, um, do an unveiling of my uncle stone. Oh, so, you know, life stuff. Uh, and then I'm coming to, uh, to LA for a week and seeing Jerry and uh, a bunch of other friends and also seeing my dear friend, Toby Forrest, who is uh, putting on a show August 12th at the, at the Troubadour. Oh, wow. Wow. I haven't been to the Troubadour in a hundred years. And it's still there. You know, speaking of longevity and everything. So would you rather win the lottery or would you rather live twice as long? Depends if I'm feeling good physically and mentally. I don't want to be out of it either way if I live twice as long. So that's a toughie. I mean, I'd like to <laughs> I'd like to live to my eighties and have lots of money. So David, I want to ask you, um, do you feel that you are in an echo chamber when it comes to your world on social media or do you step outside of your circle from time to time? I do step out of my circle. I, I don't believe uh, uh, there's so much more I can learn. I mean, I do the Facebook stuff. I do a little Instagram, but I'm not as busy on a lot of other stuff. I'm constantly posting for uh, Meet the Biz and and putting stuff on, you know, to sometimes I put posts on, they're very positive and I, I'm doing it for myself and saying I want to share that with others because maybe it'll help others like it can help me. Um, so I could learn more. I mean, I have to call up my web, web designer and say, can you help me with this? And then other things I'll go, oh yeah, I know. It's great. Well, it's all about learning and uh, expanding. And speaking of expanding, we're going to expand our little sandbox here. So you get to bring our next player in, uh, one through three. My favorite number is two. Well, no, my favorite number is eight. Do you have eight? <laughs> no, 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 no. But I'll uh, take two. You'll take two. And I am so thrilled because I have not seen Steve Peters <laughs> in ages. Except that, Steve, you're back. I'm back. <laughs> oh, Hi, Jerry. Hi, David. Hi, Reedy. Hello. Well, I want to tell everybody, Steve Peters uh, has really, I mean, with all that you've done, and my magic wand is behind the curtain, oh. uh, Steve. Uh, we both have our magic wands. Yes. Uh, Steve Peters, of course, uh, has this amazing story to tell. Uh, I want to know, first of all, Steve, when is the book coming out? Oh, my God. I wish I knew. I mean, my literary agent has been, has been, uh, has been pushing it to different uh, publishing houses for months now. And we get a little nibble here and then a rejection there and a little nibble here and a rejection there. And, you know, I don't know. I, I I still polish and try to work on it, so you know it's as good as it can be. 
Uh, but I do. I have a story to tell, and I want to get it out there. You have an amazing story to tell. And for the, the one or two people who may not know, um, you were interviewed by Tammy Faye Baker. Uh, and, of course, you've been <laughs> immortalized in this incredible movie, which I was so thrilled when she won the Oscar, Jessica oh, Chastain. Oh uh, were you at the you were the Oscars with her that night, weren't you? No, she she, she asked me to be her date for the Oscar nominees luncheon, which is a really big deal here in Hollywood. And oh my God, hanging out with her at that luncheon was just extraordinary. I mean, you know, she she run up to Penelope Cruz and Javier Bardem, and oh, do you know this? my date steve peter and they said we know exactly who he is which floored me you know <laughs> and uh, uh i had that experience over and over again there it was amazing well steve you say you got to hang out with her she got to hang out with you oh well that's a very kind reframe thank you richard no, but, but it's the absolute truth and i mean uh, from, your story is just so amazing and how i, I mean you and i have we spoke uh, before the movie came yes. out, yes. Um, what is the biggest impact the movie has had on your life since the movie has come out? Uh, well, the level of, of uh, I, I mean, I never really was famous before the movie, you know, but the, the movie has kind of put me on the map more than ever. And, um, you know, I, I find that a lot of people know who I am now, and that's just all new to me. You know, and uh, so I'm I'm thrilled, um, and it's a lot of fun. But you know, becoming famous did not solve all my problems like I used to think it would. <laughs> and I and I also feel that the movie humanized Tammy yes. in a beautiful way. Yes, and I have become great friends with both her children, uh, and Jay and Tammy Sue, and that has been a real gift of this last year is being being friends with them and being friends with I'm I'm a newly uh, formed friend with David Zimmerman uh, who's just remarkable and Jerry Jewell I've known for many years but we've been friends for many years but uh, uh, David and Jerry and I and Allison Arngrim and her husband Bob Schoonover spent an incredible evening together uh, not all that long ago it was so much fun and, you know, you mentioned Alison Ongram. I want to put out a shout to her because, I mean, very early on, uh, at the beginning of the AIDS crisis, you were diagnosed at the very beginning. In 82. And uh, at that time, uh, I lived through that time frame. Uh, so many people thought it was a, a death sentence at that time. Uh, you know, speaking about the lottery, you won the lottery. I did. You, you know, the answer to this question you got both of those things. I you? did, indeed. Yes. I but wasn't Alice, supposed to live to see 33, so I'm about to turn 70 on Tuesday, and 70 oh. feels damn good. Happy wow. birthday. <laughs> happy happy birthday. Yeah, yeah. But so, I want to say, I want to shout out to Allison Arngram. I yes. don't know if she's watching right now or not, but God bless her. She was in the trenches working on behalf of AIDS research and getting the word out when so many people of her ilk and in the industry were not. And so that's how we became her. friends back in 86, you know, and, and we've been great friends ever since. She's been just the most amazing friend to me. I mean, oh, anyway. So yeah. do, you, do you spend a lot of time on social media, Steve? 
I do, I do, and then I don't, and then I do, you know, but I'm, I'm on it more than I'm not. Yeah. And do you find that you're in an echo chamber or do you feel that you step outside of your bubble? From time oh, to time? no, I, I love the outside bubble, you know, the, <laughs> the bigger bubble, uh, because uh, you learn, like David said, I like David's answer to this. You, you learn so much and I never want to stop learning. I never want to stop learning. So I keep reading at Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. And I'm not sure I know how to do them all right. But, you know, no, uh, I think we're all learning. And, and once you learn it, they change it anyway. I know. <laughs> What's that about? <laughs> now it's, it's, it's meta now. So but yeah. Steve, now that this movie has come out and your story has been told through that, uh, What's the possibility of a film being told of your story? Because oh, it's an well, amazing story. Well, thank you, Richard. I I um, I, I think that would be wonderful, and um, uh, and my literary agent says that there's a possibility that maybe it could be made into a TV limited TV series, or because there's so many decades to my story now, and uh, it could be a limited TV series, and he. He has his connections in that world too, but nothing's happening so far. So, well, they're, if they're listening, it's time. You know, yesterday was the new moon, and I really, you'll think I'm woo woo when I say this, but the new moon is about setting your intentions and setting your manifestations. Yes. So, everybody set what you want the next four weeks to be about. And speaking of intentions, you get to bring our next guest on. Oh, one boy. or two. One or two? Oh, how about one? And that is the one and only Rosalind Kind. Oh, <laughs> hello, Rosie. Hello. Hello. Oh, nice meeting you all. Nice meeting you, Renee and uh, Steve. Yes. I know Jerry and, and David and I go way back. And Richard go back what the last year. Yes, 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 yes. I want to tell you, I mean, Rosie The voice is doing his show, and my, we had a mutual friend that said, you've got to do Richard's show. Um, the word of the day is authenticity. And that, if you look the word up in the dictionary, you're going to see Rosalind Kind. I will tell you, when our mutual friend Barbara passed away, you called me, and I will never get over that, that you, as busy as you are, you picked up the phone to call and she's your friend. Yeah, I, she was a friend of mine. I met her through my cousin Harvey. He was a decorator. Year, like, was it in the 90s? When I first met her and her husband in Florida. And she was just so much fun. And she was so there and so, you know, she's a golden light. And she loved writing and she... I mean, I, I don't know if I should, you know, talk about this, but she even wrote lyrics to Schindler's List that they wouldn't accept and put out. And we didn't want money from it. We just thought it would be great in the museum. Uh, but they didn't want to know from it, but it was glorious. And I recorded it just as, for us to have posterity. And, uh, you know, she was very deep in soul and deep in heart. And uh, very much uh, what you call, um, like family, really, like, you know, Extended family. Well, you know, in uh, my circle, the word is mishpuka. You know what that word means? <laughs> <laughs> in your circle, or did you adopt it from our circle? Yes. yes, yes. 
you know, I used to do a show, I used to do a show called uh, Wednesday Night at the Iguana. And my co-host, uh, who was Jewish, I would come in each week and I would learn a different Yiddish expression. And I would come up on the stage and I'd go, oh, my kishkas are turning tonight. <laughs> You would fall off the stage when I would say these things. And you were right because, you know, the kishka is the intestines of the kishka. I know, I know. <laughs> Remember that song it was called the kishka? It's a delicious dish. Yes, yes, David. Yes. <laughs> they stuff it with all spicy stuff. Oh, it's a fun word. <laughs> so, Rosie, I mean, I'm going to ask you the same two questions that I've asked everyone else. Uh, would it be the lottery or would it be uh, living twice as long? Well, let's see. This takes a lot of thought. I would like to live twice as long if I could help make this world and open it up to be a better, more loving place for us to exist. Um, we should each be there for each other. I don't care what you look like, what your religious background is, as long as it comes from here with honesty and truth, then you believe that you want to do unto others as they would have unto you. And while we're at it, why don't we barter instead of worrying about money? Thank you. Thank you. That I, I keep saying that. Huh? I just, you know, for me, I, the value of human life is, is, is incredible. And to, to, Ignore that fact and, and not have a value over someone else's life as much as your own and children and just, you know, compassion. I mean, that's, the, that's my word. I'm going to celebrate compassion. Yes. Those who have compassion, who are passionate to fight for the things you believe in and you care about to make this world a better, more loving place. Amen. And if Amen. it can't be, I'm waiting for the Pleiadians to come get me. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm, with you. I'm with you. But I, I want to ask you, you, with social media, do you feel that you are, I know, and I already know the answer to this, because we had some deep discussions, but do you feel that you're pretty much in a an echo chamber on social media, or that you're stepping outside of your bubble? Um, and my, first of all, what is the answer? <laughs> That's how often I get on it, and I only get on it when I think I have something important to say, whether it's even to wish somebody happy birthday, because it's their life, it's their human life, they should be yes. celebrated. And, um, I do, you know, I post about things in my career, and I'm very passionate about what's happening in our country. So I definitely stepped out for the last five years and was very active on that. And this year I became, you know, just I had to pull away a little bit because people were telling me, Raz, you're going to have a heart attack. You know, I'm yelling at the television. I'm yelling at this. But I love, I mean, I love Adam. I, I, I sign petitions. I don't, whatever I can do, you know, it's, I, I love our president. I think he's the most compassionate, loving human being. And, you know, I think he has a lot on his shoulders that everybody's oh, He's trying to do his best. And let's face it, what he was handed by the last, I don't yes, know what you can say yes, the name. Yes. You know? And, you know, and speaking of compassion, mm -hmm. and I'm going to really cause your blood pressure to go up. What's <laughs> happening right now at Bed Bedminster today? Oh, my God. Can you believe that? Is such an mm -hmm. insult to humanity. I cannot believe that he gets on us, that he, to, to me, he should not be allowed on a soapbox. And we've discussed this, Richard, right? Yeah. And David knows this, and maybe Jerry does. I feel that this is one man that should be in jail until he can prove himself innocent. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. He needs to be Thank shut you. up and, you know, he and what he has instigated in this country is from the, de- it's from the dark place. And, I, and we need light. We need well, light. I'm going to bring you some light right now. You all want some light? I want to ask you all, by your applause, how many of you are fans of the Jersey Boys? Oh. Yeah, you're fans of the Jersey Boys? Well, this next guest, I mean, he pretty much, at his very <laughs> young age, this is T-Bone Rube. And Hi, everybody. Knows. How are you? Hi. How are we doing? Richard, thank yeah. you so much for having me. I'm honored. No, he is an amazing light, and he pretty much has devote. He, he, he lives, eats, and breathes the Jersey Boys. So much, in fact, <laughs> no, well, so much in fact that they he has a camp that he uh, leads where they teach young kids to sing in the style of Frankie Valley and the four and, and the four seasons. And they, um, yeah, do you want to talk great. about it? I'll let you tell them. About yes, it. yes, absolutely. And um. Well, I wouldn't say it was it's really a camp so much. That that is a good way to describe it. But um basically um I lead this passion project called the Jersey Boys Project. And what it is is it's an exclusive nonprofit training group, um, a rehearsal study group where um uh, we get a group of us young adults to come together and we basically train to become the next generation of Jersey Boys stars. And I myself portray the part of Frankie Valley in it as, you know, Frankie was a childhood hero of mine growing up. He was my biggest reason for um, going up on stage, grabbing a microphone, picking up a guitar, sitting down in front of a piano. It, like, if, without the four seasons, without Frankie Valley and without Jersey Boys, there would be no T Bone Rube. You know, <laughs> and as a musician, like of my age, you know, I know I've always tended to gravitate towards the older sound. Like growing up, like I was a big fan of everything like fifties, early sixties, rockabilly, jukebox, uh, doo wop, jazz, swing, all of it, you know. And because of my musical theater experience by influence of Jersey Boys, it not only led me to explore other shows just like Jekyll and Hyde, uh, Bye Bye Birdie, The Adams Family, Once Upon a Mattress, and others but also other artists from that time period, like Elvis, Johnny Cash, Gene Vincent, Eddie Cochran, uh, Dion and the Belmonts, Little Richard, Chuck Berry, B.B. Uh, King, Muddy Waters, all of them. God so bless that you. was kind of my outlet. What is it about the Jersey Boys that resonates so deeply with you? Oh man, there are just so many attributes about that show. First off, the music is just phenomenal. And it's timeless. Everybody can relate to songs like Walk Like a Man, um, uh, Up to 17, um, Bye Bye Baby. Um, and then Everybody Loves Can't Take My Eyes Off You, um, which is one of my most requested songs that I always get. Um, so it's a, it's a lot of fun, you know, doing that music. And the story, I feel, resonates with everybody. You know, it's a story about family, about brotherhood. Um, it's about these four guys that kind of, you know, they came from nothing and they, um, they ended up becoming one of the greatest. 
you're spinning you're spinning up a little bit. What happened? <laughs> Frankie Valley has jumped in there somewhere. Uh, he'll adjust himself. He'll be back. Uh, so we're going to get him back on, and for just a moment, we'll figure out what happened. Uh, he flipped his lid there, uh, but uh, it happens. So one of the things that I do on uh, on uh, my Friday show here he is. He's back. Is there you are. Oh my are god. Yeah. Yo, it's flipped again. Sideways, sideways. We'll get a pillow and put it on that. <laughs> See, Jerry, you're not the only one. Let's all do this. <laughs> sideways. We need to flip your gear. Oh gosh. Okay. Yeah, how, what makes that happen? You see, who knows what I you don't know. see on this stuff? No. I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, I we're gonna I'm gonna have a little fun with each of you, and I've got some random questions that I'm gonna throw at you, uh, just oh, to wrap up the week and hopefully end it on a positive note. And while we're doing this, hopefully T Bone uh, will find his center. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna start with you, Terry, and I probably know the answer to this question already. Uh, but like I said, we're wrapping up this week. We're wrapping up this month. Um, and I can't believe we've only got five months left of this year, folks. Can you believe it? Uh, so, Jerry, my question for you is, do you practice gratitude? And if so, can you name five things that you're grateful for today? Of course, I practice gratitude. And I'm grateful for my friendships. Number one, Rockland, David, Steve, you. <laughs> uh, I'm always grateful for that connection. I'm grateful that, you know, it's interesting. I, I, I was born with cerebral palsy, but I never let it stop me. I went after my dreams. And I'm grateful for all the opportunities that I've had in my life to achieve those dreams. And I'm grateful for, did I name five yet? I'm <laughs> well, you name friends, so that will that can add into that. If anything pops in the I am great, very grateful for my younger sister, Gloria, who I had for 57 years. And uh, she, she passed before me, but I'm sorry. my God, was I blessed to have her, and I know she's still here. And, um, you know, her, her business was high-end real estate, and I got into this wheelchair-accessible apartment. It took me eight years to get it, and I know that she was helping me on the other side. Oh, get my sister in, get me <laughs> So I'm, I'm grateful for everything. I, I try to accentuate the positive. I'm, I'm grateful for, for Juliet, who I had for 12 years, and my little kitty. She taught me a lot. You know, she had a very distinct meow, and you all know that. And what you may not know is I wear hearing aids, and I have 75% hearing loss. And she was the only kitty that I've ever had that I could hear too. <laughs> <laughs> she knew it. Yeah, just pick up on these things. <laughs> yes. 
Well, God bless you. Jerry, we're grateful for you. So thank you for agreeing to come on today. Um, Rini, um, who have you compared yourself to uh, in this industry and why? That's a hard question. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I admire people like Nancy Lamott and um, Laurie Beachman, uh, people who have uh, persevered through things in their lives and continue to pursue their passions and what they feel is important in life. So, yeah, those well, two. Well, do you mind if I bring up your story sure sure um do you want to tell them or should i tell them what happened you could tell them (laughs) okay um rini uh in the 70s rini's career with uh, this trajectory um she was pushed off the subway uh platform and uh and it was she was on the covers of all the papers and everything uh, it was a very, uh, it could have been a tragic uh, thing that happened. Uh, you were a concert violinist, am I correct, Rini? I was a flute player. A flute, and a, and a, and a, that's okay, and a pianist. Yes. Yeah, I played the piano as well. So that aspect of your career ended because of that. Yeah, I, was, I mean, talking about blessings, I was always singing as well. I was very blessed that I could sing. And... I don't know how I would be if I didn't have music. I, I, I'm sure, suppose I would find other passions, you know, writing and things like that, which I do do now. But I am just so fortunate and blessed that I could sing, honestly. Rini also is a great uh, uh, poet. She has uh, actually books of poetry, uh, so uh, she is available. So, uh, but uh, so thank you uh, for sharing that, Rini. Um, and uh, Rosie, I'm going to ask, we live in a culture where uh, people sometimes want to hide their light. So I'm going to ask you point blank, what do you like most about yourself? Oh, my God. Well, um, I guess, well, what do I like most about myself? I like to think that I have a kind heart an open heart and I'm compassionate. I always tell my friends on the shoulder if you need to talk. Um, I just, I wanna, you know, I wanna bring the love. I wanna influence, if I was an influencer, I would be influencing a world of love to people to come together with compassion and, and forget, you know, the, you know, everybody's different, but they bring all different things that we can share. Is cult in culture and food and everything else. And food is love and culture is love. And if we could all share it, you know, it would be a marvelous world. So I hope that in some way, God blessed me with a, a singing voice to get my message across. He gave me my mom, got it from her father and um, passed it on. And I, for me, that gift was to help the world, to bring light to the world. And I think that's what I like most about it. <laughs> God bless you. And we do too. That's great. Um, and I'm going to ask you, uh, Steve, same question. Um, is there anyone in the business that you feel that you are most similar to? Oh, golly. 
in the in in show business in the business show business any in your profession anything you've you've worn many hats i have indeed uh, but um, <laughs> i don't I, that's not, i don't know that i've ever thought about there being somebody who would let me can i rephrase the question yeah now sure. that i'm thinking about this you have had the fortune of having someone portray you in a movie what is that experience like? Totally weird. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, it's it's amazing and it's weird and um, and I was thrilled and uh, it was um, just something surreal. It was surreal, and uh, I think Randy Havens did a great job playing me. Um, and uh, you know, when they made the film, when they actually filmed the interview with him and Jessica, um, they didn't know I was still alive. They assumed that a person with AIDS in 1985 would be dead by now, right? So they, so Randy never like, you know, met me and consulted with me or anything like that. Um, but I think he captured me pretty well. Uh, well, it must have been quite a fright when you tapped him on the shoulder at the red carpet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, I look a little different than I did then, but uh, you know, still. But, uh, but obviously, he knew who you were and are. Yeah. Um, uh, David, you—I uh, mean, how, first of all, how's your mom doing? She's okay. She—we—we uh, we celebrate every day. Uh, you know, she's ninety-six now, and uh, so Mama Leah. I call her Leia all the time. Mama Leia. She loves it. Mama Leia. I want to ask you, what is the best thing that you've ever said to your mom? And what is the best thing that she's ever said to you? Two things come to my mind. One is, I love you. And uh, oh, lately we've been doing this. She'll look at me. She'll say, that's my baby. And I say, that's my mama. Oh. Uh, that's wonderful. How often do you see your mom? Every day. Every day I'm with her right now. And also, wow, uh, that's beautiful. which is such a blessing. Um, so I get to cook. We had lamb burgers last night. <laughs> and um, we get to go out, you know, in the backyard. And we get to, uh, we get to have moments together, which is beautiful. That's wonderful. That's great. Uh, uh, T-Bone, you're still sideways, but can you hear me? Can you hear me? You're muted. He can hear you, but. Uh, you're muted. Uh, well, and we lost, uh, uh, can you, you're muted. Can you hear me? No, you're muted. No. T-Bone, your, your sound is off. I'll come back to you. Uh, yeah, you want to try something else? We'll come back to him in just a moment. Uh, Jerry, I'm going to come back to you. Um, with everything that you've done in your profession, Jerry, is there a particular moment that is your favorite moment? That is my what moment? Your favorite moment. My God, there's so many. 
you could have me on your show for 20 times and it wouldn't cover the <laughs> We'll come back. We'll do a full hour. <laughs> oh, man. I would have to say, I would have to say it was when Norman Lear cast me in I Love Liberty. Uh, and I performed in front of 250,000 people that night. And it was the most amazing event I had ever had. Um, I played the American disabled person. I know, I was typecast. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I went into a comedy routine in front of this audience and 25,000 people did not laugh. I thought they hated my gut. And as a comedian, you're taught not to quit. You'll get them, I'll get them, I'll get them. Never got them. And at that point, I saw my whole life flash in front of me. I thought, wow, what a short career. <laughs> and, and I dropped the crutches on the stage. And I said, you know, I think I need help. Norman Lear came running out to the control booth. And he put his arms around me. He thought that I was having a nervous breakdown, that he had given me too much too soon. He said, Jay, are you all right? I said, Norman, I'm fine, but the material suck. <laughs> <laughs> he put his hands on my shoulders and he said, Jerry, read my lips. Your mic isn't on. <laughs> the deaf girl had no idea and everybody thought he was going to walk me off stage and I would be cut from the show he did the exact opposite he turned around he put his arms around me and he said how many people out here want to give Jerry Jewel a second chance 25,000 people gave me a standing ovation. I was allowed to do it again with a mic. <laughs> oh, what, a, what a wonderful story. Wow. 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 Uh, T-Bone, speaking of mics, is yours on? Oh. No. No, it's not on. We still don't have your mic, T-Bone. So, no. We'll come back to you again. Um, I think T-Bone has cerebral palsy. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to figure this out. Uh, T-Bone, we're going to make it work uh, uh, either now or later. Don't worry, we'll get you back on. Um, it's too funny. It's too um, funny. <laughs> uh, T-Bone, can you... Is he there? He, uh, he, he, well, we'll get him back on the show. Do you know sign? Uh, so, Rini, going through what you went through, uh -huh. um, obviously you were thrown a major curveball. What is the best possible attitude to have when life hands you something that you weren't expecting? Well, there's always something in you that's worth that you can find to develop that you have. And if you're lucky enough to have a support system or find a support system, you can, with that strength, try to develop new things or something that you could realize that you could never do. Um, so I've always tried to stay very positive. 
That's yeah. great. I want to I want to give a plug because earlier this week I had a, a great guest on the show. Um, I had Trisha Bork on the show. Uh, if she happens to be watching, she has a book called The Influential Voice. I recommend this book to every person who hears my voice. It's an amazing book, and just and she has a question in the book, and I'm going to ask you this question, Roslyn. And the question is, when did you know? that you were ready to step into your purpose? Ooh, it started in the mid eighties, but didn't really come into full fruition until I broke away from management. And- All right, can you hear me? People are yes, we can Yay! hear you. Yay! 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 Um, we got it back. <laughs> hooray! Hooray for T-Bone. <laughs> go ahead. So go we'll get to you in a moment, T-Bone. So, Roslyn? Yeah. Where was I? Um, uh, you said you stepped away from management. Yeah, I stepped away. I left my management. I started out on my own. I was on TV, this, that, and the other. But the real moment was after I was married and divorced. It was before my divorce, actually. I had a um, progression I, you know, when I was on the road singing, I read a lot of books on, you know, afterlife and and the, the way beyond. And so many things meant something to me that the reality to me was you can't be here for one time only. It doesn't make sense. You have to be coming back again and again and again, because every time you may be only learning one lesson. And it's your choice to come back. But I think maybe that sometimes if you don't come back, you've chosen to go someplace else to learn another lesson that exists in the universe. But I really feel that, um, oh, I'm losing my words here. Um, after my regression, reading the books and going through my regression, I, she took me back to only one lifetime. I didn't even see the birth canal. I went back to a lifetime where I was a man in a turban with white sandals in a stone hut. And I was in a duel with another gentleman with a pantaloon and a sand over a woman. And um, during the duel, she's the one that accidentally got killed. I have been spending, you know, Spending and thinking about this, this scenario, it seemed like it was Lemuria. Um, and it, the lesson was she asked me to do word associations for what I felt coming into this thing. And the word associations were love, harmony, world, happiness. You know, it was all about bringing the world together. That was like an, an eye-opener. I mean, I had gone to see people who tell you what your life is like and this. Some of them don't mean true. You know, they're fake. But this was me, and I, I wasn't like totally under. I heard exactly everything I was saying. And I came out of that. Um, I haven't been, but you know, it's the, one, the one person, the woman represents the world. From, my ongoing lives. It's not about one-on-one. -on -one. It was about world. Finding that love for the world. Not so much finding that lover again. Wow. And that's, you know, that 
that hit me in the 90s. And I started even doing a new age show in the 90s, all about love and loving yourself and loving each other and countries loving and coming together. I have a friend who's watching now, Danielle, and Danielle is my spiritual psychic uh, cohort in life now. I'm going to call her that. And she said, please thank Roslyn for speaking about her spirituality and her star being connections. As someone who does this every day, it means so much that people of her caliber are willing to share. So thank you. And thank you, Danielle. Uh, so I'm going to bring T-Bone back on. And, uh, and while I, and I also want to let everyone, we're going to be wrapping up in a few moments. So uh, I've got a little cabaret giveaway that I'm going to give away today, a little uh, gift package that I put together. So don't forget to uh, comment with hashtag authenticity uh, to be eligible to win today. So T-Bone, can you hear me? He disappeared again. Oh, my yeah. God. We'll get him back. Uh, Steve, while we're waiting, what is the best ritual of your daily life? Oh, definitely meditation, uh, breathing into the present moment. You know, uh, you asked about your favorite moment. I was going to say, this is my favorite moment, this moment, and now this moment. Um, you know, I learned in the 80s with AIDS that the, that the quality of life is not measured by the length of life, but by the fullness with which we enter into this present moment. And right now, right here, I choose to feel joy. I choose to feel love and hope for the world. Uh, and I choose to feel that, that we can make a difference. Each one of us can make a difference in this moment by being in this moment full of joy and love and hope. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. T-Bone, um, uh, T-Bone. Yep. Can you hear okay, me? Okay, good. You're here. Okay. Before I lose you, um, who has the strongest <laughs> set of values among the friends in your circle? Oh, my God. Man, there's so many. If I had to pick one, I would have to say my good friend, Howard Tucker. Howard Tucker, like that man hardcore like down to earth authentic um genuine human being um thankful to god that i connected with him and he definitely opened a lot of doors for me you know networking wise so i'm very grateful to um to have a guy like howard in my life and i'm even more honored for the fact that He's even offered to host um, my benefit coming up next month for the project on August 10th in my hometown, Elma Park, New Jersey. Oh, that's so wonderful. It's going to be fun getting to uh, share that with him. That's wonderful. And uh, David, I'm going to ask you, uh, when have you been the most silent in this business? The most silent? Yes. You know, uh, I think a silence is so powerful. Sometimes you don't have to speak. You could just do and be and just be yourself 
and sometimes that silence is more powerful than words. So, you know, I, I sort of, I, I love what Steve said about being in the moment and being in the now. And um, I, um, gosh, I, I, it's hard to say because I just think there are moments that we're silent and there's moments we speak up, but those moments that we are silent can be just as powerful. Wow. Well, thank I well, I thank all of you for not being silent today, uh, except for those moments, T Bone, when you were. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to uh, we're going to do a giveaway, uh, and thank you all for those of you who have entered. We'll see who our giveaway winner is, and uh, let's see who the winner is. Uh, Danielle, uh, Danielle, give me a call later, and uh, see that spirituality it's all around us so danielle I'm congratulations danielle and uh, i'm gonna take this off Hooray, danielle and i am going to say um my closing remarks and then i'm going to give each of you a chance to give your closing remarks tonight it could be about anything that we talked about that you want to build upon anything that we didn't talk about that you wish we had or just any final message that you want to give to everyone who's watching and listening right now. Uh, and then when you finish, you will pick the next person who will speak and so on and so on until we're left with the last person. And the last person, when you say goodbye, the credits will roll. Uh, I want to thank everyone for being here tonight. Uh, we don't take it lightly when you show up. I know I can speak for everyone in this group right now. So it means a lot that you took the time to spend an hour with us at the end of the week, at the end of the month. And my advice, as Steve just said, is to cherish and live and experience each and every moment and make every moment authentic, make it real. And we are all responsible for what we're putting out into the world with our thoughts, with our feelings, with our actions, with how we respond. We're not respons uh, responsible for what other people have done in the world. We're not responsible for how other people are doing things, but we are responsible for how we respond to those things. And we can take the time to make sure that we can possibly, hopefully, change the trajectory of things going in a different direction. Uh, when you see a post right. on social media, for example, I talked earlier about that echo chamber. You can step outside that bubble. You can ask this question. Is it going to elevate the people who are going to see it? Is it going to elevate me? Is it going to elevate the person that it's written about? If it's going to do any of those three things, either hit the like button, uh, leave a comment, or share, or do all of the above. If it's not going to do any of those things, then simply delete it or hide it from your feed so that nobody else is gonna see it on your wall. And that way you've got a wall of positivity, always. I always end every show by telling everyone to go out and do something nice for somebody else without expecting anything in return. Go to your Facebook friends list after the show and reach out to the sixth name that pops up and reach out with a phone call. Not an email message, not a text message, not a private inbox message, but a phone call. And let that person know what they mean to you. Because as my dear friend, Sean Monaper always says, we're all in this together, but we're not in the same boat. 
And I always say, if you're going to go out in a boat, make sure you bring a skipper along. So I'm going to leave the screen. And Jerry, I'm going to turn it over to you. And you've got the next final word. Thank you all. And all of you mean so much to me. So thank you for being here. And thank you, David, for all of these great suggestions. Thank you. Thank you. Jerry, it's all yours. Okay. Um, I think what I want to say, what I want to close with, you know, you asked earlier what we liked most about ourselves. And I would have to say, for me, it is my sense of humor because it is what has pulled me through. I got into stand-up in 1978 and I got that from my family. Um, my mom had an incredible sense of humor. You know, she had a little three or four year old who couldn't even walk yet when I kept falling. And she, even when I was older, if I fell, most mothers would go run to their children with their disability and pick them up and say, are you okay? Are you okay? Not my mom. <laughs> she would say, was that trip really necessary? <laughs> and so... I believe that a sense of humor is heart surgery because when I started doing comedy, I would use my humor to move into the heart, but I couldn't give the message about disability and acceptance and inclusion and diversity and LGBT. I couldn't do all that without opening the heart with the comedy. Do not lose your sense of humor. And this is a reminder to myself today. Do not lose it because it is a survival tool and it allows you to cut through people's hearts in a loving and laughing manner. Thank you. And now I'm going to pet any mini money mo. Renee Katz. <laughs> She's so moving, Jerry. Um, I think it's important to concentrate on not what we don't have, but what we're lucky enough to have, what we're lucky enough to keep, and to find the beauty in things that aren't perfect about us and other people, and celebrate that. Um, and humor, what Jerry said, is so important, but perseverance. <clears throat> people who persevere and the act of perseverance and the gratitude that's connected uh, along with that. Um, I am grateful for my family and uh, my son and my husband and having my parents still around, you know, the age in their nineties. Um, and there are lessons to learn within this crazy pandemic lessons within ourselves that we never knew we had the strength to do some of the things we do or to find different avenues. Who would ever think that we would be here? And it, this connections that we're all having, we wouldn't necessarily have if we didn't have to persevere and find some other gift within the perspective that we're giving. So I believe that when things happen to people, they are given the gift of perspective. And it's how you use that gift that really matters. 
and uh, I, there's a lot of love in the room. And uh, anyway, I appreciate it. Uh, it's lovely to meet you all. Lovely to meet you too. Good to meet you too, Randy. Oh, am I supposed to pick the next person? <laughs> all right, I pick David. Uh, I have to say, this brings me joy to be with friends. Like Jerry said, it really hit me about going for love to the heart. Um, and after having heart surgery, that this is what kept me alive. The friendship that I have with Jerry and the comedy that she, she gives to us all. Um, uh, the, the love and the blessing that Roz is and her voice. And by the way, listen to that new single of hers. It's uh, insane. Oh, yes. I have to have I play it every morning and it starts my day off. It's a healing. And this today was a healing, you know, to get together with like-minded people who are about love and about the heart. And Steve, it's it's like just when you think, oh my God, life is changing or life is over or this or that, then the door opens and there's this new friend in front of you. And I, I'm blessed for that. Um, and T-Bone, I just met you today, so. Hopefully there's more. And Richard. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to the next one when yes, the technology you. is not. <laughs> <laughs> It'll work. It'll work. <laughs> and we find that. We find all of this in our lives. And we celebrate the ups and downs. And, and Renee, uh, it's, just, it's so nice to meet people. Thank you, Richard, for, for, for putting on this. This yes. group of love. So, yes. I, and and I'll just say, uh, T Bone, you're next. Thank okay. you. Everybody. Well, thank you, um, man. Oh my God, there's oh, man, there's so much that comes to mind. First off, Richard, I can't thank you enough for having me on here. I know my <laughs> my stuff was kind of being a little crazy but um but thank you nonetheless i'm very grateful to be here and to get to share my story with you guys and the process of my project and you know the friendship that i have with howard i'm so grateful that i get to share all that with you guys and i think um to kind of answer the first few questions that were asked earlier um definitely if i had to choose between winning the lotto and living a, a couple of hundred more years, I would choose to live a long life because like there was this one thing, I, um, I was actually checking out the, um, the Chaz Palmateri show this morning mm -hmm. and he was interviewing this guy, Arthur Narscarella. And Arthur brought up this one point that I feel it resonates so deeply with every single person. Um, and it's this phrase that goes, character is destiny. Yeah. Character is destiny. The kind of person you are in your life is the kind of place that you will wind up in. You know, like if you're a scumbag all your life, you're going to wind up in a home somewhere and nobody's going to know your name. You know, in the Bible it says you reap what you sow. 
you know, and the context of it is, you know, it's just karma, you know, good karma, bad karma, karma still exists, you know, and, you know, it's like, like, I'm, I'm done, but this one last point is like, if you wake up in the morning with an a-hole, you met an a-hole. If you wake up in the morning and you meet a-holes all day long, you're the a-hole. So, <laughs> so that's it for me. Like, thank you very much for having me, Richard. God bless you all. And I'm going to pass the mic over to Rosalyn. Oh, me. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, T-Bone. Wow. This has been a wonderful hour meeting you, Steve. And meeting, I get I call her Renee, but it's, she pronounces it Rini. And I know I go back with Jerry several years and David several years, and I, I just love people that come from the heart, and that's what connects me to them. When they come from truth and honesty and love from the heart, and I would say I'm not going to make mine long. I, I just want to. I would love everybody to surround themselves with people and things that accentuate their light within. And if we all did that for each other, I always think we can have heaven on earth. Yes. If we would only learn to accept and love yes. unconditionally. That's like Juliet, Jerry's uh, pussycat. <laughs> I mean, but it's the truth. That's where the gift of life is. It's in that unconditional love. And that will bring us, you know, through the hardships that are learning experiences. You know, people, I hope when you go to, through challenges that you become better, not bitter. Because everything is a lesson in itself. Each moment of every day, there's a lesson. And I hope you will live it to the fullest and the lovingest and the happiest your whole life. Steve. Yes, Rosalind, how wonderful to meet you. And Richard, thank you so much for having me today. And I really appreciate this opportunity to be part of this amazing panel of people. Um, you know, I think when I think about what I want to leave you with, I remember what it was like to be on my deathbed in the 80s. And when I recovered and actually came back to life um, and then worked as a chaplain in the AIDS hospice. One of the things that I kept being reminded of and that I kept reminding others of was that you could have joy even in dying, even in facing death, because joy is not the absence of suffering, but the presence of faith and hope and love and being open-hearted and open, open-minded. And, and so I invite you all to believe in yourselves and believe in yourselves enough to do the work of healing and believe in yourselves enough to feel joy no matter what the condition of your life is today. Joy is not the absence of pain or suffering, but the presence of hope and joy and love and faith so if you believe in fairies clap your hands thank you richard